You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right now, there is no stopping the Cleveland Indians. Welcome to the Streak Podcast. In 2017, the Cleveland Indians went on an unprecedented, record-setting 22-game winning streak. You may never see anything quite like this again. For the next three weeks, you can hear each game as it happened, night after night, on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. History continues to march on. On the Streak Podcast, we'll get the stories from the players, coaches, manager Terry Francona, and others. From the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton and Jim Rosenhouse. Now, let's relive one of the greatest stretches of play in Indians and baseball history. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of The Streak. I'm Jim Rosenhouse, and along with the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton, we are bringing you some of the great stories from the Indians' 22-game record-setting streak at the tail end of the 2017 season. Three weeks without a loss. Unbelievable. And it all coincides with the radio rebroadcasts of those games taking place right now on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network as well as Indians.com. Now coming up on this episode of The Streak, Hammy will continue his conversation with Indians bench coach Brad Mills, the second of a two-part interview. But first, a look back at game number 10, win number 10 of The Streak. The Indians in Detroit, first time in several days where they didn't play a doubleheader as they finished up that series in New York with a twin bill, then had an off day, and then they played two against the Tigers to open up their series in Detroit. But a single game on a Saturday evening, and Jose Ramirez got it started in the first inning. Infield in, runner at third, one out, no score, first inning, payoff pitch. Swung on, this is hit very deep to left center field. Matuk racing back, he can't make the catch. Ball hits the track, bangs up against the wall. Ramirez around second. He's on his way to third, in sliding, back-to-back triples. In to score is Zimmer, and the Indians have a 1-0 lead. Jose Ramirez going the opposite way, in at a ton to deep left center field, and Matuk, the center fielder, just never could get to it. And as was the case so often during the streak, the Indians piled it on in the first as Abraham Almonte got in the act. The pitch, he bangs one back up the middle and into center field. That'll score in Carnacion and Santana. It's a four-run first. Abe Almonte bangs a two-out, two-run single to center, and Jordan Zimmerman continues to get eaten alive by the Indians' offense. So a four-run first inning, and the Indians were on their way. And a nice side story to that game, Greg Allen, who was in his first major league season, he was a September call-up, so uh, he was just in the big leagues for about 48 hours, and he took care of that first major league hit. Here's Greg Allen. He took over. Bradley Zimmer left this game with some kind of an injury twice tonight. Bradley Zimmer tried to make great running, diving catches in the outfield, and boy, he really hit the ground hard twice tonight and left the game. So Greg Allen banks this pitch toward first off the diving glove of Navarro. Picked up by the second baseman. Kinsler's throw not in time. First major league hit for Greg Allen. And that young man can fly. He shot it on the ground. Navarro at first diving toward second. Had a glance off the outstretched glove. 
ricocheted to the second baseman, Kinsler, but his throw to the pitcher covering was not nearly in time. And Greg Allen, who made his major league debut last night, spent the year in double-A Akron, and the speed burner has his first major league hit, and don't be surprised if he tries to steal. And we'll hear from Greg Allen in a future podcast about his first two weeks in the major leagues where he wasn't on a team that lost a game. (laughs) Doesn't happen that often, but uh, Greg Allen was a part of it, and uh, he'll have some great thoughts for us on a future podcast. So the Indians were scoring, and Corey Kluber was keeping the Tigers off the board in this one. Corey Kluber, yeoman's work here again tonight. He fires, and Navarro... Swings and lines one to left, but toward left center. Dropping down and catching it is El Monte. He may have had trouble with the lights, but he hung with it. A line drive out to the left fielder, El Monte. And Corey Kluber has given the Indians a whale of an effort tonight. Eight in the books with the Tribe on top of the Tigers. Five to one in the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. And then the Tribe turned it over to the bullpen to finish things out in the ninth. Traveling time for Candelario and Iglesias. The payoff pitch. Swung on soft, one hopper to short. Lindor gloves, throws, ball game. So it got dicey in the ninth inning. But Cody Allen able to rack up save number 23. And the Indians have a season-best 10-game win streak. They stopped the Detroit Tigers tonight by a final score of 5-2. to two. So the Tribe had made it 10 in a row, and uh, fun to hear Tom talk about making it 10 in a row. And it's a big deal on any season, but who knew the Indians would go on to win a dozen more. So they were just getting started on their streak, not even at the halfway point. And uh, that's one of the things he talks about with Indians bench coach Brad Mills, who's been around the game a long, long time. Mills, he's in his 39th season in professional baseball, or he was in that 2017 season. And uh, it was rare to see a stretch of play like he saw the Indians go through. And that's what he and Hammy talked about when they caught up recently. Did you see this developing as it started? I mean, at what point do you go, hey, we've won X number of games in a row. Look, something's happening here. Well, after that uh, road trip, uh, you, you might have to help me out. I think it was a, a, a three-city road trip, New York. Then we, we ended up to, New York and Detroit, right? And then Chicago, right? Yep. New York, Detroit, Chicago. I, I think <clears throat> after what happened in New York, we go to Detroit, and the guys just really swung the bats well. The first game in the Detroit, that the first game of the doubleheader, I think we struggled a little bit. We won, I think, five to two, was it, or something like that? Um, I, I, I wrote it down here, but I, but I think you know we were three to two. We won three to two, I think, at the Tigers, and then the, the second game we, we come out and uh, and beat them ten to nothing. But I think. And being able to win those close games in that series kind of helped guys' confidence. So when we went through Detroit, now we go to Chicago. We go, you know, we're putting ourselves in a position here to really win a few more games. And then it can really blossom into something. 
because I think that was like 11 straight, was it, um, mm -hmm. after that? But, uh, and, and I think that's where, and that, you got to that middle segment where nobody wanted to screw up. Nobody wanted to make an error. And I remember, was at the eighth inning, one game in Chicago. Oh, I think it was game one. We won three to two. It was. It was game one of that doubleheader. It's it's one to one. Cody Allen's on the mound. Runs a first and third, two outs. The White Sox. Somebody hits a topper to the mound, or not to the mound, but to shortstop. Frankie comes in and bobbles it, and and the the guy's obviously safe at first, but the run scores to tie the game. Well, we come back in the bottom half, and and I can't think right now who hit the triple. Was it Jay Bruce? I think it was Jay Bruce. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. And then, and then Frankie line drive base hit to take the lead three to two in in the, uh, in the top of the ninth, and then we obviously went at three to two. So you know, guys able to rise to the occasion. Uh, nobody wanted to make an error. They wanted to kind of push through, and they did for the most part. It was it was it was so much fun. Winning's always fun, and you know that. You, know, you, you, always, you always want to win, but you get an opportunity to put things together like that. It's pretty cool. Did you ever sense some games were over before they ever started? Did you ever sense some teams were like, we have no shot? Well, I, I don't want to uh, uh, say that we were overconfident or we ever thought that way, but when we jumped out in front in 19 out of 22 games, and then sometimes we scored five runs in an inning, and then you go, whoa, how'd you like to be in that dugout over there? You know, you, you've won 12 straight, and now all of a sudden it's a second inning, we're down five nothing. I mean, that's a tough mountain to climb. And, and I, I think the guys kind of saw that a little bit, which was really, really fun. You know, we always talk about, oh, you got to play all 27 outs. You're never out of a game. Sounds good, but the reality is we're dealing with human beings who there can be doubts in the back of their mind. Did it get to that point, though, where guys were like, <laughs> doesn't matter. We'll, we somehow will find a way to win. We'll find a way to win. And you know what? Um, it did. And him, I was looking at that again. You know, when I was thinking about talking to you, we, we – uh, I think after that game, uh, we won five to nothing, I think, against Baltimore. I think, yeah, that's, that's the one. Uh, no, it was 11 nothing against uh, Detroit on September the 11th. We won 11 to nothing. But leading up to that game, we had kind of, we had a four to two game against Baltimore, a three to two game against Baltimore, and then, and then 11 nothing. Nothing went wrong. Five runs in the second, and we cruised. Now, the last four games after that, it was like pulling teeth, <laughs> you know, trying to win these games. I think they were all either one or two runs, those last four. And you can sense that the guys are really tired and really trying to push. And, uh, and they did. They, they did, Hammy. They pitched, pushed so well, you know, with the 22nd, Jay Bruce hitting the walk-off yep. uh, double. But, but getting to that point, and then at that point when we won, we just kind of took a breath because that's we set the record there. Yeah. Without, right? 
okay, we accomplished what we wanted to. Everybody took a big breath and, and uh, we came out the next day and uh, we were flat as my bike, bicycle tire, I think I got out there. <laughs> hey, about that, the, the game that gives you 22 in a row in the record. Mm -hmm. I mean, to your point, you're playing Kansas City. It's always a war. And maybe that's the wrong terminology, but it's always a dogfight with those is. two teams. Yeah. And you're down to your last out. Now Frankie's down to his last strike. Frankie, Jay Bruce, those guys have been doing it for the whole 20, 20 games or 21 games. Well, you know what? I wonder if they can do it again. <laughs> you know, not that we... Not and they did. Cool. Yes. <laughs> and, so, and so I think they might have been able to feel getting the push from the guys on the bench. Come on, you've done it for the last three weeks. I, we know, we believe in you, man. You can do it again. And they did. And that, that's such a big help. When, when how, you important have you, how important do you think it was, Brad, to the guys, when you look back at it now and, and you kind of reflect on even what it was like in a clubhouse before the game or in the dugout during the game? Did the streak take on some meaning for those guys? Well, it did. It did. Everybody wanted, when we got, I want to say when we got around 16 or 17, it, it might have been 18, but I, th I thought it was like 16 or 17, because uh, some other records had already been broken, and and they said, hey, we can get this one. We, we can go after the the longest ever. And and so in that sense, yes, it took on a life of its own to say, we're going to go and, and go do it, even though they were getting tired. And those last four games, 18, 19, or 19, 20, 21, and 22, were really hard physically. They wanted to keep pushing to get it, and they did it. They did it. Tito said Frankie gets the double. Then the next inning, it goes extra innings. Jay Bruce gets, as you mentioned, um, the walk-off game-winning hit. Tito said, I looked at Millsy and said, you know what? We may never lose again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it. Anytime we have something like that. And, uh, but the celebration, how about the celebration? The guy's talking on, on Jay Bruce and how good he felt that he was, he was involved with a great group of guys that never lost. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was there. Well, that was pretty cool. All right, what about you? Are you superstitious? Did all of a sudden you start making sure you did the same thing every day? wear something, eat something, stand in the dugout. Was there anything that played into it from your standpoint, Brad? I don't know. I don't like to think of myself as superstitious, but I, I, like, I like to think of myself as feeling comfortable, okay? If I have to tie my shoes a certain way, I want to feel comfortable. And if it makes me feel comfortable that I didn't do that, then I'm going to retire because I want to feel comfortable. You know what I mean? It might not be a superstition, but you know what? Hi. If it makes feel uneasy. I'm not going to do it. Hi, wife. Well, before I let you go here, I mean, when you sit back now and you reflect, and you, like we said before, you, you've pretty much experienced everything this game has to offer as a player, as a coach, as a manager yourself. I mean, how do you put this into perspective? When you think of what that team and you guys accomplished, what, what, what comes to mind for you, Brad? It's 
and it gives me chills to say this. I mean, to see a group of men come together like they did throughout throughout this streak and and do something that nobody else has done. That's pretty cool. You know, that they're able to come together and 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 want to achieve something, play like they did, is is something that is just absolutely amazing to watch. And you were around us, you know, you saw the guys on the buses and, and everything else in the clubhouse. It, it, just how those guys came together. You know, we talked about the injuries. They had to overcome those injuries. But it just, it honestly gives me cold chills to see how a group of guys came together and played so unbelievably for 22 straight games. You know how tough it is to do it? I mean, it, it's hard to think anybody could ever do that again, isn't it? Yes, it is, because it is so tough. It is so mentally draining, physically draining uh, on everyone. And you need everyone involved pulling in the same direction. And that's what made it so, so nice, man. So stinking nice. Great stuff there from Indians bench coach Brad Mills and the voice of the tribe, Tom Hamilton. Good conversation there about the 22-game win streak back in 2017. And Earlier in the podcast, our look back at win number 10 of the 22. And if you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, May the 14th, the day it drops, don't forget to tune in to the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network tonight and Indians.com as well if you need to for game number 11 of the streak as the Tribe will play the Tigers one more time in Detroit. But that'll do it for this edition of The Streak. Thanks go out to Brian Matze and Bob Coates at iHeartMedia for their production help. Bart Swain and Court Berry Tripp from Indians PR. And also thanks to longtime Indians bench coach Brad Mills for joining Tom Hamilton. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks again for taking time to listen. And we'll talk to you next time on The Streak. The Indians! Historical Streak! marches on thanks for listening to the streak podcast the inside stories from one of the greatest stretches of play in indians and baseball history your companion to the nightly game broadcast on the cleveland clinic indians radio network hey rob bradford here you guys know i'm always up for a good mvp story and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on the wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazons of the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai-enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team